calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Drabblecast, episode 33. The Drabblecast is a weekly flash fiction podcast magazine that brings strange stories by strange authors to strange listeners, such as yourself. I'm your host, Norm Sherman. Well, here's a little something-something that we'll be doing a little more frequently in the future. Drabble time. Now that's a jingle. A drabble is a story that's exactly 100 words in length, although it's commonly misused by people like us to describe really short, short stories. We get a decent amount of people asking us, why don't you guys ever have any Drabble stories? Well, the main reason is that we don't get a lot of Drabble submitted. We'd like to do more, so anyone who wants a homework assignment for the week, write a weird, fun, 100-word story, or if you've already got one, send it to Drabblecast at yahoo.com, and perhaps we'll throw it on the Drabble time. Today's Drabble comes from Tasmanian listener Ashley Callender. Ashley says he has a weakness for highbrow literature and low-budget film noir. And even though we don't take too kindly to highbrow literature here on the Drabblecast, we're going to do this story anyway. So here it is, Dummy, by Ashley Callender. This morning, my boss drove his Alfa Romeo into a motel swimming pool. The car hit a wall first, crumpling prettily, decelerating like you see in those crash test films, splashing glass. I thought at the time he acted like a melodramatic, cuckolded fool, crying at the wheel, going down in a seersucker suit and mismatched polka dotty. Later, his wife, supposedly out of town, surveyed the wreckage and laughed. She visited him later, in hospital, and laughed even louder. Apparently, he said he couldn't live without her. She wore her red bikini under my raincoat. It's still a bit wet. Yikes. Well, today's story is called Desert Storm by Paul Needs and Chris the Gooseman Newbold. 
Paul is an illustrator, exhibiting artist, and writer from the UK who also edits the small press publications The Ugly Tree Poetry Magazine and Ballista Speculative Fiction Magazine. His recent credits include Transmission, Citizen 32, and Dark Tales, and a co-authored collection of short stories with Dermot Glennon entitled Occam's Blunt Instrument, which was published in September 2007. His house smells quite bad due to the number of cats in it. Chris Newbold, a.k.a. The Goose Man, is a mainstream editor, journalist, and lead singer with a not-overtly goth band, Ketamine. He also DJs and runs the breakbeat night Fuse in Manchester, UK, as well as Fuse Track Records. An internet face recognition program recently said he looks 72% like Johnny Depp, although you should never believe everything you read on the net. So without further ado, Desert Storm by Paul Needs and Chris Newbold. The sand swirled in the way that ominous sand tends to when it wants to make a point. This was no place for men, no place for women or children, and even the camels had long migrated to more salubrious climes. This was the desert, heartless, save the elemental beat of natural shifting and long-dead tides. It paid no heed to history. It did not care about rights or wrongs, and it fed on the bones of those souls ignorant enough to lose themselves in its enfolding dunes. It never went hungry for long. Come, hearty warriors, commanded Eldrador the Wise from atop his drooling mount. Slack not, my brave companions, for our diligent quest is nearing its end. By the wrath of the mighty gauntlet of Thorazin, the shifting sands of these distant lands shall not impede our pursuit for honor and justice beyond another year. Fimlik resisted the urge to punch him to the ground, and settled for futilely emptying his shoes of sand for the umpteenth time. He was not surprised to find that within seconds of replacing them, they were again full. He stared with hatred at Eldrador. Yeah, that's easy for you to say, he sneered. You said it was my turn on horseback at the last sand dune. I'm sick of this. A rough-hewn staff of oak struck him across the shoulder blades, and he fell to the ground. Fimlik rolled over and stared up at the overbearing figure of the sorcerer whose cloak was managing to billow theatrically, despite the notable lack of any wind. Fimlik shielded his eyes from the sun and spat a contemptuous mouthful of sand and dry spittle at the feet of his assailant. "'Silent thief!' threatened Grand Alf, as he raised his staff to strike the prostrate figure once more. "'Master Eldrador's bones are not as young as they once were. You should have more respect for an elder of the Brotherhood of the Menini.' Oh, shut up, you old goat, cried Fimlik. And God help me if you hit me with that thing again, because I will break that bulbous nose of yours. I have had enough of this already. The sand gets everywhere. I mean everywhere. They stared at each other grimly. <laughs> Grand Alf! The stout and stubby figure of a postulated youth ran shouting towards them, his ruddy cheeks peeling in the sun and his acne scabbing over nicely. He seemed intensely flustered. "'What is it, Pipkin?' demanded the sorcerer, 
not taking his eyes off the recumbent thief. The youth stopped and tried to reclaim his breath through gasps and sweat. It took longer than expected. Mighty Grand Alf, he eventually panted. I was on the top of the dune when I noticed something. What is it, young squire? Speak up, prompted Eldredor from his ancient steed. I noticed... Pipkin hesitated and took in the situation for the first time, suddenly unsure if this was the right time to mention it. Your lord commands you to speak up, Grand Alf stated unnecessarily. Um, um mumbled Pipkin. I, I noticed that Fimlick had stolen my mead again. Grand Alf the Ancient clasped his great beard in anger and brandished his staff menacingly over Fimlick. Be this so, Femlick? he demanded. Return the halfling's mead, or thou shalt feel the power of my weapon of mass destruction. I speak of the skull-splitting blade of Narthrasista, forged in the dragonfire of Nazvagal, deep in the bottomless mines of Quantantania, under the perilous mountains of— His tirade was briskly interrupted. Will all of you be quiet for two seconds? You're ruining my attempts to get my lithe, elven profile into shot, drawled the lissom tones of Galloway the Brave. To make sure that he now had their full attention, he struck what he supposed to be the ultimate heroic pose. It was something which needed more practice than eternity would allow. Fimlick slowly got to his feet and made a half-hearted effort to brush sand from his clothes. He walked deliberately across to Galloway and looked him up and down. Clearly insulted by what he saw, the thief snorted derisively. Live elven profile? <laughs> you having a laugh? Under all that lycra, you've got the profile of a sloth. And those ears are from eBay, you big scroat. Grand Alf dropped his staff and clasped his hands to his ears. Pipkin gasped, then covered his eyes and sunk to the ground. This was just too much. Even Eldredor's horse whinnied. The wise old man swiftly soothed the beast with calming strokes to its neck and some softly spoken whispers. Then he turned his attention to Fimlick. His expression was one of grave disappointment. Master Fimlick, he said politely, whilst attempting to imbue a timbre of leadership in his voice. You know the rules. When we're in costume, we are in character. That is what defines us. That is what gives us our strength. We have sworn an oath of fellowship. Our mission is not yet complete, and thusly I shall not have your lies besmirching the good name of the role-playing games unit. For all his eloquence and wisdom, he knew that words may not be enough. A thought, sire, suggested Grand Alf. Whom bears the soothing snack of tiramisu? with which we may drive the demons from his tortured soul. Lord Galloway doth, said Eldredor, and nodded grimly towards the elf, who was gallantly holding back his tears with the skill of several years of drama workshops. Galloway, called Grand Alf, bring forth the potent snack with which thou carriest. Let good deeds be done this day. Galloway took heed and produced a Tupperware tub from the Hessian bag he carried. 
He handed it to Eldredor with due deference and obesely bowed before backing slowly away. What? You brought dessert? To the desert? Fimlick turned on him and there was unfettered anger in his voice. You're mad! How the hell do you expect Mascarpone to survive in this temperature, let alone the chocolate? It'll be disgusting! I sense all is not well with Master Fimlick, observed Eldredor. <laughs> oh, you got that right, screamed the thief. This is stupid, and I'm sick of the whole shebang. You want to complete this quest? Well, I suggest you go home and Google it. <gasps> We've been playing these games since we were 12 years old, and I've had enough. I want to grow up. Look, look at me. I'm 37. I'm a proofreader from Yonkers. I've never had a girlfriend because I spend almost every weekend with you dicks pretending to capture treasure from dragons or rescue princesses who never turn out to be there because no woman in her right mind would piss on us if we were on fire. I've had enough running around the countryside waving plastic daggers while wearing badly fashioned fantasy underwear. Oh, but, but if I was going to run around the countryside anymore, I'd want to wave the skull splitter. But oh no, I, I can't. I can't because I'm the thief, and thieves can only carry daggers. Well, I'm not a thief. I'm Larry. He was soaring towards a crescendo of bitterness, tainted with a therapeutic release of pent-up angst. He laughed and suddenly began to dance around maniacally, creating his own personal sandstorm, which whipped up around his whirling body, enveloping him in a vortex of resplendent particles. I'm not playing this anymore, he sang to the dunes. La 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 My lord, said Grandalf quietly standing in the shade of the horse. He does have a point. I've never had a girlfriend either. Eldredor looked at the soothing snack of tiramisu with quiet contemplation. Hmm. Nor have I. And I am nearly 376 years old. <laughs> that was our story. I hope you enjoyed it. This story, along with Dermot Glennon's Code Brown, which was featured in Drabblecast 29, are both in the collection I mentioned in the beginning of the show, Occam's Blunt Instrument. If you liked both these stories, I highly recommend the book. You can find a link to it under the link section of our website at www.drabblecast.org. And speaking of Dermot Glennon's Code Brown, let's talk about the feedback on that one. Les, from the Brilliant Firefly podcast, The Signal, said, Brilliant story. I think it should have a warning, though. Do not listen to this story while in public, if you're not willing to humiliate yourself by laughing out loud. Blue Pete said, Drabblecast is cool, but enough with the butt stories. Surely there must be some stories out there about other body orifices. How about an ear canal story? Ooh, earwax. Now there's a topic to savor. That's true, we haven't had any earwax stories yet. Oh, and speaking of earwax, I heard that one out of every three cats is literally obsessed with eating earwax. I didn't believe it at first, until I tested this theory on my own cat, Carl. Amazing. Who knew? Is your cat a wax fiend? There's only one way to find out. <laughs> it's so gross. Well, that's all for this week. Tune in next week for episode 34. Comment on the website and send your stories in to drabblecast at yahoo.com. The Drabblecast uses a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means you should share this story with others, but you can't change it and you can't sell it. 
Our staff is made up of co-editors Kendall Marchman, Luke Coddington, and yours truly, Norm Sherman, reminding you not to gank the halfling's mead. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.